You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 48, The Enneagram 9 Youth Worker. We are currently in our 11-episode series called the Youth Worker Enneagram Project. So let's head into today's episode with the featured Enneagram coach and co-host, as well as the Youth Worker guest. All right, welcome back to the podcast. This is the final Youth Worker guest interview of our series, and I want to welcome back Danielle, my co-host and Enneagram coach. Danielle, welcome back to the podcast. Happy to be here. And our youth worker guest is Joanna. Joanna, thank you for being here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself in ministry, in life, and what is your Enneagram info? Well, hey, I am Joanna Capps. Um, I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina, and I work at a a small to medium-sized church, uh, United Methodist Church. Uh, And my Enneagram number is nine. Uh, I do have an eight wing, but I'm pretty straightforward nine. So, Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Danielle, for our listeners, can you give us a brief reminder of the main characteristics of an Enneagram nine? Yeah. So the nine is called the peacemaker and it's because they make natural peacemakers um, in and amongst the rest of us. They have this accepting, warm, non-judgmental approach to life and to people. They um, they love to actually support their people and um, they can be thoughtful and reassuring. Um, easygoing. They make great mediators because they can see all sides to any argument. So they make great friends. Uh, I know for myself, my nine friends keep me calm and cool and collected. <laughs> So I love talking to nine. So very cool. Yes. I think those of us who work with teenagers understand that we need some yeah. peace and calm in our lives. <laughs> uh, so that is a very admirable quality to have. Um, so Joanna, let's uh, talk about your ministry. Uh, so based on being an Enneagram nine or just simply how God has wired you, where do you excel in ministry? What comes easy for you? What are you best at? Um, so I would definitely start off uh, with relating to teenagers or connecting with them. It's pretty easy for me to like find a common ground or um, just kind of turn turn a conversation towards them so that I learn more about them uh, rather than focusing on myself. Um, and that's definitely, a, I think that's a nine thing, uh, just being others focused. And so that's pretty easy for me, um, creating kind of a nurturing, comfortable environment where students feel like they can be themselves. There's, you know, not judgment on how you're supposed to be or anything like that. So um, that's definitely part of, you know, how my ministry works. Um, Also, I'm I'm very creative. Uh, I don't know that that's a nine thing or just a me thing, but um, (laughs) I love to create experiences for my youth, uh, whether it be like prayer stations or um, activities and things. I like to write my own curriculum um, 
and like do my own retreat type stuff. So yeah. Um, another one that I wanted to point out was I'm usually able to diffuse situations pretty quickly. Like if two youth are upset with each other for some reason or two parents that's happened before. Uh Um, Of course, I really get upset uh, when I get blamed for things that I didn't do. Like I get, well, (laughs) (laughs) I've had it where a parent blamed me for something and that made me very unhappy. Uh, of course, they didn't get the brunt of that. <laughs> I'm happy yeah. I yeah. kept that inside, but <laughs> but yeah, um, it can be it can be good to have that ability, um, and also with staff, like yeah, whew, yeah. There's been uh, in in a context that I've worked in before, the secretary and the pastor they got along, but they couldn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, one was very unhealthy too. (laughs) And the other was, um, a four. And it was like, it was just, they would butt heads, you know, they just couldn't see the other's point of view. And so I feel like I was very helpful between them saying, well, you know, maybe if you look at it this way, or I also have no issue letting someone else take the lead. Like, if someone is working in their gifts or their abilities, um, I love to take the back seat and just let them drive and support them, you know, in whatever way they need. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, um, there's a bad side to that. And that's that I hate asking people to do things. I hate asking people for help because I feel like I'm burdening them. Okay. Well, this is something I can do. So why would I ask somebody else to do it? Yeah. So, that one's kind of a positive and a negative. Okay. Yeah. No, I love, uh, after hearing Danielle mention the characteristics and you talking about how practically that looks in your life, you know, I don't think it's a surprise that people want to want to come to you and that they're able to speak to you about those because you're able to dive into the dynamics of that situation. And as a peacemaker, as someone who understands and connects, um, that's a very, uh, positive and needed trait in relational ministry, which is youth ministry. It's all ministry, but teenagers who are in flux biologically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that is a very key thing to hone in on. Uh, Danielle, how would you expound on that for any nines who are listening about what they can or what they know they do well? Yeah. So nines, um, I love that you, you said some of the things you said in the beginning of how you relate to all these different personality types, because nines actually are the type that resonates with all the different types on the Enneagram. So when they try to type themselves, they sometimes struggle because they relate to all the types. So that is the strength that they bring to ministry and to relationships in general, because they can relate to every single type and pull them in. They can be that safe harbor, that safe place for people to um, to grow and be themselves. So that is such a, a positive trait there. Um, most nines report that their friends or their coworkers or in ministry, people in their ministry come to them to mediate uh, disagreements. That is like a common theme for them because they are that um, easygoing, uh, non-judgmental place where people can kind of view their, um, express their, their issues and also that they can see all sides to the argument. So they don't 
tend to take sides very easily. We'll maybe talk about that on the other side <laughs> where nines can get into trouble. Um, I always teach the Enneagram that um, really it's about our strengths and then when our strengths get overdone. So, um, and so they're all really connected, but I think nines value is that they really want to um, be supportive and thoughtful and reassuring. And so they do a great job of not really putting themselves in the center, but actually seeing what other people need and moving into that um, similar to a two, but not quite the same motivation. So very cool. Very cool. Yes. So let's get into uh, overdoing those strengths um, and just things that might uh, not come so easy in ministry. I know all of us, we have things that we excel at and there are things that whether it's just us or it's how we're wired, maybe described through the Enneagram, some things aren't easy. Um, so Joanna, what are some ways that you see how you're wired being a nine uh, making ministry hard or difficult? Where do you need extra focus and help based on how God has wired you? So um, probably my one of my biggest struggles, besides what I was mentioning earlier about asking people for help, is priorities, um, figuring out what what needs to be done now, you know, like what, because I have a tendency to, let's say I go into the office and the secretary needs something. So even if I was going in and I had an idea of what I was going to do first, if the secretary needs something like that's, that's right in front of me, that's what I'm going to do first. Okay. Um, even if it's like, Oh, you don't, don't, there's no rush. You know, you don't have to do this right away. That's the first thing I'm going to go to. Yeah. So, um, that can make it kind of challenging. Um, but also on top of that, I do a lot better of getting things done that I want to do or that I've cultivated. If it's something that someone has assigned to me, I can really, if, especially if I feel like it's not necessarily part of my job, okay. I can really dig my heels in about it. And um, if I'm not in like a healthy place and recognizing my behaviors, I can almost become passive aggressive it might take me a lot longer to get that done than what, you know, something that I've cultivated, something that I'm passionate about. And I, that's probably everybody, but um, I do have a little example. It's kind okay. of silly and petty, but that is the only thing I can think of. So this was years ago. Um, I must've been annoyed at my pastor for some reason. That but never he, happens, right? <laughs> Exactly. No, no, never. Anyway, um, he asked me to come over on Wednesday night to the education building, to the fellowship hall and uh, set up chairs for the dinner. And I don't know why. I just really was annoyed. I did not want to do it. And I was just angry that I had been asked to do this. And so it was like, okay, yeah, I'll come over and help. First, I've got to go lock the door to my office and I've got to print something out and I got to run to the bathroom. And then, you know, once I've done all those things, then I can come help set up chairs, which really took five minutes and so petty, but it's just kind of a, it shows you like, that's my passive aggression coming out, you know, like instead of confronting him and saying, you know, I really don't have time to do that right now or, whatever the issue was that I had with him at the time, instead of dealing with that, I just kind of, yeah, 
passive aggressively took it out that way. But um, I wanted to say one thing that's helped me with this trouble setting priorities. Um, have you have you got a copy of the Youth Workers Handbook? Have either of you ever heard of this? I've it's heard like, of it. I can't place my finger on where I've seen it or read it or anything, but okay. I've seen it posted about. Yeah, right. It's it's old. It's like it's super old, but it's this great um, handbook that's got you know different um, forms and things for youth workers to help you just with the logistics of your job. And so one thing that's helped me is this practice of um, you list all the things that you need to get done. And then, so you list them numerically, right? And so let's say I have a list one to 10. So I would compare all of the numbers to each other. So I'd compare one and two. Okay. Between one and two, which one needs to get done first? You circle that number and you do that with all the numbers. So after you get through comparing all the ones to two through 10, you do the same thing with two and then with three and then with four. And then whichever number you've circled the most, that is your, that's your number one priority. So then you like renumber it. Is this making any sense? Yeah. It is <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You renumber your list based on what you've come up with needs to be done the most, you know, and that as a nine has helped me so much because, you know, it's just, it's a lot easier to get done things when I know, okay, this needs to get done first. And even if it's something I don't really want to do, it's on my list as number one, it has to get done first. So I'm really glad that you brought up that example. Um, And I think people listening and Danielle, I think you would agree too, talking to people about typing them and their behavior. You know, when we think about how to work with people, how to work with students, and we think, what can I do to help them or to work better? We tend to, speaking of prioritizing things, we tend to prioritize and remember big things. Like I got in this really big knockdown drag out argument with someone or this big thing didn't get done. And those happen, but in the day-to-day ministry work, things like your pastor asking you to set up chairs, those things are subtle little things that are part of your day. And someone who might not understand a nine or how people are wired and think, well, I might respond to it in this way. So why why is it such a big deal? We all have people in our lives, whether they're fellow youth workers, students, uh, our family members, that it's helpful for us to realize, okay, if I just spring this on somebody, then they might react differently than I react. It's not because they have a defect in their character. It's because they process and prioritize and do things differently. And that's okay. And I feel like being able to recognize those subtleties in our coworkers and ourselves is where we need to start when we start recognizing this is how God designed me. This is um, where I'm at with how I receive things. And I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings or make myself bigger or better than anyone else. That's just how I'm wired. So that's actually a really good example because I feel like those are the things stacked up that really will help people who are listening because they'll start to recognize those own things in their life that they might think 
are subtle and don't matter, but really that's most of the practical ministry work that we do. Uh, Danielle, how would you expound on that with people who are struggling in ministry who are nines that they have a hard time with some things? Where else might they have um, some difficulties? Yeah. So um, all of your examples, Joanna, lead to this one core thing about the nine, which is they make great um, consensus builders because they can see all sides. But in order to do that, they actually do this thing called merging where they actually fall asleep to their themselves, their own desires, their own feelings, and kind of go along to get along a little bit. So they kind of, they're very adaptable, they're very accommodating, but in the end, they're falling asleep to themselves. So a couple of things that you mentioned in, in this is um, just really not, um, nines actually have this message from their childhood that says it's not okay to assert yourself. And so they kind of just, so they'll let another leader lead um, it's not a bad thing. There can be, a, like I said, a strength that gets overdone, but that can really get in the way sometimes of actually moving with God's vision for what, what God wants for you um, and not wanting to be blamed. So kind of hanging in the back. The other things that come out of that, actually, I love that you talked about passive, your passive aggressive. So a lot of nines um, in the average unhealthy spaces will say, um, they'll keep saying yes. And then at some point, but their agenda, their own agenda is being pushed down. And so eventually they figure out I've had too much of this <laughs> saying yes when I don't mean it. And so then they either get, show up a little passive aggressive. The other thing nines can tend to do in those average unhealthy spaces is say yes to the authority figure or the person asking them to do something and actually not do it. So, yes. Yes. I've done that. <laughs> so that is really common for nines because they are, um, because they seek harmony in all relationships. They are, um, wanting to say yes. they're in their hearts. They want to say yes, but at the same time, they don't always want to say yes. If they were to tap into what they <laughs> really desire or want. Um, and so that is kind of a lot of the things that came up for you, as you were saying, the struggles in ministry are definitely from that merging that idea that, um, you know, I want that harmony. I'm not willing to break the harmony. So I'm going to say yes, but maybe I need to say no and assert myself here. So, and that's really the inner work of the nine is coming away to yourself, coming away to your desires and being able to assert yourself for sure. Um, because your presence matters. That's kind of what they want to hear. And we all need to hear from you because there is wisdom in your calm, easygoing, warm, non-judgmental way of showing up in the world. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you mentioned at the beginning um, that you're kind of a pure nine, but when you think about a wing, uh, you usually think about an eight wing. Uh, so, Danielle, can you quickly remind us for anyone maybe who hasn't been listening um, what wings are in the Enneagram system? So wings are uh, the types on either side of your number. And typically um, you will have a, a dominant wing, but you can have access to both. And it just borrows a little bit from the um, characteristics of the, the wing. So for a nine, the wing can be a one or an eight. Awesome. Uh, so Joanna, uh, thinking about that eight wing um, or even the one wing, where do you see your wing or wings kind of make an influence on how you do ministry and even life and relating to others? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I do feel like I have a dominant eight wing. Um, 
And I think that that helps me to have the confidence in my own voice that, you know, let's say in staff meeting um, or between a group of friends, um, we're talking about a controversial topic or something that is coming up that we need to get done. Um, I, if I feel that my voice is important in that section, in that particular group, um, I will speak up and say, you know, um, what I think about a certain topic. Now that's only if I feel safe in the group. I, I, you know, if I don't know the group well, or if I feel like I'm not a part of the group, usually I just kind of sit back and, um, you know, unless it seems really important, I don't speak up, but I think that my eight wing shows up most that way. Um, in other ways, uh, as I can be impulsive, <laughs> um, and I, I, I do have a, a big tendency to feel protective of people that are vulnerable. Um, so I think that is probably the biggest ways um, that my eight wing shows up. Now the one wing still growing into that one, <laughs> um, but I would say. I am more organized than, than I used to be. Um, okay. You know, certainly I've always been really, I've definitely always been a rule follower 100%. And I like to get things done on time, you know, with deadlines and, and I always, I'm on time. I'm not early, but I'm on time. And I think that that probably is my one wing showing up. Great. Great. Danielle, uh, can you expound on uh, wings for the nine, what a nine wing eight and wing one might look like, especially in ministry? Yeah, so nine wing one, idealistic, they're pulling from that one, um, idealistic, principled, wants to do the right thing um, for everyone. When these guys are struggling, they tend to become more quieter and more withdrawn, kind of picking up um, that the needing to appear right that the one has um, showing up right, um, they will actually suppress emotion to keep the peace. So they're pulling from that instinctual, you know, all these numbers are in this in, instinctual triad, but, um, and they, they'll maintain some self-control, which is very much a, a, a characteristic of the one. Um, but they make great mediators, which we already talked about, um, and insist on fairness and truth. So that is what's pulling from the one that insistence on fairness and truth. And so that, you know, in ministry, that is very helpful when you're combining the peacemaker with someone who has the um, integrity and the um, driver purpose that the one has. So the nine wing eight is a little bit rare only because the two types are in conflict with each other. <laughs> the eight is um, very um, instinctual and um, um, what's the word for it? Like passionate. And they just jump into action where the, the nine actually will kind of think and simmer a little before they, they show up with action. So, um, but this wing is more sociable, engaging, encouraging, independent, more assertive than, um, the nine wing one. Um, they enjoy, um, seeks and enjoy comfort more than the nine wing one, which is interesting with that eight wing when they're struggling, they're more prone to like uh, releasing their temper a little bit like the eight. Um, they don't like being overlooked. Um, so they're pulling from that need for power and to not be controlled. And then, um, but they are gentle yet powerful. Um, and what Joanna mentioned, they 
tend to assert themselves on behalf of others. So when they see someone who is being overlooked or mistreated, they will stand up and um, pull that confidence from the eight. So both great wings for um, ministry. And I love what you said, Joey, and I always teach this, that you actually can choose to have access to the characteristics of each wing. Yeah, great. Great. Uh, Joanna, would you uh, want to add any parting words for any nines in youth ministry who are listening, who are wondering how they can excel, uh, where they need help, and maybe how to, re- maybe people are listening who have nines in their ministry and they want to know how they can minister to them. Any parting words as a nine for what nines listening might need or benefit from? Well, one thing I would say is, um, you want to emphasize that their voice matters, that you want to know what their feedback is, what their opinion is. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if they're like nodding their head, listening to you, that doesn't mean they agree with you. <laughs> I know that I've done that many times. Okay. Um, so, but asking them, so what do you think about that? Instead of just assuming that they agree with what you're saying, um, because it's like, it's like Danielle was saying, you know, we don't, we don't want, or I don't, I don't want conflict to arise if, if my opinion is not exactly the same. Um, but I do like to feel like others want to know what I think, you know, I do like my voice matters. So I think that's really important to emphasize, um, you know, to the other nines out there, like your voice does matter. Your presence matters in your staff to your youth. Like you're important. Um, Cause it, it can, it can be really easy to forget that, you know, to just um, to feel like, well, would it even matter if I was here, you know, Yeah. to these youth? And it does. They don't always show it, but it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We need to remember people around us and not just take body language as an answer. Body language matters, but so does dialogue and engaging. And so that is really important um, for us to remember that, not just for students, but certainly for ourselves and peers as we invest in this next generation. Uh, Joanna, thank you so much for being our final Youth Worker guest. Thank you for hopping on here. Uh, Great conversation. I love the insight that we've learned. Uh, I've learned so much in this series just from hearing uh, different youth workers talk. Uh, So thank you for that input for my benefit, uh, for those who are listening in youth ministry. Uh, and Danielle, thank you for all the interviews that you've helped with. And you and Ainsley will join me uh, next for our wrap-up episode of the series. Uh, so thank you both so much. Thank you. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Danielle, our co-host and coach, and Joanna, our youth worker guest. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. And remember, you can catch all of the episodes in this series, if you missed any, at our website, youthministrymaverick.com. You can also find a comprehensive list of our guests, their bios, lists of organizations in youth ministry to help you in your own ministry. There's also a store where you can buy some items and help fund the podcast to continue its work. We also really appreciate if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. And if you do that, take a screenshot before you hit submit, send it to me, and I will mail you a personal thank you along with some merchandise that you can't get on the website. So please go and do that. 
This Tuesday will be the wrap-up episode of the series. We'll have Ainsley and Danielle on to talk about our guests, the content, and next steps of what we're doing with it. So make sure that you don't miss that episode. That's all for now. So until next time, adios.